All right, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the first episode of the uh, Butter Noodles Confessions of a Former Fat Man podcast. This is a podcast is mainly going to be about um, Jerry and uh, Jerry's uh, sort of like a life and comical experiences being a uh, formerly obese person, very large man. And uh, you want to kind of introduce yourself, Jerry? What's up? My name's Jerry. And, uh, you know, on a good health train right now, I used to be on a fairly uh, unhealthy thing back in the day. This podcast is going to be mainly about my uh, my journeys from being the uh, the unhealthy man to being the healthy man that I am today. And being being an unhealthy man, you'll give us some context on that. Like how big were you? What were your what were your, your fat man stats? What what are we what are we looking at here? We'll start off in kindergarten and on kindergarten I they actually uh, took my weight at the beginning of the year and at five years old I was sixty two pounds. Which is you know, about what 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 would you say uh, uh, the normal weight for a kid that size would be? I would think? probably say fifty pounds. Okay. So yes. you are you already starting off in the yeah. big man's zone when you were a little man. Yes. By the end of the year, I was 72 pounds. So we'd right. already gained 10 pounds in one year. Eating all them crayons and glue oh, and stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, by first grade, I wanted to play football, right? And uh, if you weighed over 80 pounds as a peewee football player, you had to have an X on the back of your helmet. Yeah, I remember uh, falling on some smaller kids and making them cry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And before we get too much farther, we also have – uh, our uh, other special guest, Eddie, your credentials from being on this podcast. You're not a large person. No. But you have known Jerry since childhood, correct? I, I have known Jerry since uh, we met in high school and had a lot of common interests and in classes. And So you're going to be here as kind of to kind of keep Jerry honest and to uh, help provide some color commentary on some of these funny stories from back in the day. Yeah, to my knowledge of uh, our high school misadventures and beyond. All right. And so... Uh, but my first experience with butter noodles was actually... This is why we call it this, we yeah, call it this but, podcast, because yeah, the, there's a joke, a long-running joke yeah, with Jerry about butter, the butter noodles. noodles. But I was probably introduced to these things. It was actually a little later in my childhood, probably at around 9 or 10 years old. My, uh, my mother figured out that Blue Bonnet margarine was actually cheaper than canned tomato sauce at the time. <laughs> so we used to have just plain tomato sauce uh, noodles with salt and pepper... But then she slowly transitioned to blue bonnet margarine. And blue bonnet margarine was not nearly as good for you back in the day as it is now, and it's still not good for you. No, it's still horrible, but back then it was straight up poison. Yes. Yeah. We're talking, there was like 50 cents for four yeah. butter-sized yeah, yeah, sticks exactly. of these things. Yeah, maybe like 39 cents or something like that, you know. And we there was a household of, uh, of four kids, and I was the youngest. We had two older brothers, a sister. And you had Big Jerry. Yeah, and you, and you grew up kind of poor, right? Yeah, it, we it did. It wasn't just because your mom was a bad cook. Yeah, just because you were trying yeah, to penny pinch and save money and stuff. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we would buy just plain, a lot of times just buy like plain bread, white bread with uh, processed cheeses, you know, your craft cheeses, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, mother would just like go wild with the uh, slatherings of the blue bonnet margarine. <laughs> And she would put it on the bread, she would put it in the pan, and she would spread it all around, and then she would cook it into the bread. So the blue bonnet margarine was a staple in the Phillips family diet. It's like where 50% of the calories came from. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, and she used it to flavor the mashed potatoes. Yep. She would put it inside, you know, different things like her, uh, her even her green beans, stuff like that, mm-hmm. just to... 
just to have this weird greasy thing on all of the food that we ate. This kind of kickstarted the uh, lifetime of bad eating habits. Yeah, right? I, I would think what really kickstarted it is we used to go to uh, family dinners. And for some reason at my Easter family dinners in my great aunt's house, lots of times they would have buckets of fried chicken. <laughs> and like KFC Easter dinners, right? Or KFC. But where it really started was, uh, you know, I, I remember as a kid tasting this original recipe chicken, right? Yeah. Was, this was probably at six years old. KFC is tasty. Yeah, oh, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> yes. It's good. It's, it's horrible for you, but it's, you know, it's pretty good. It's pretty delicious. Yeah. And, and I would have my great aunts and uncles saying, boy, I bet you can't eat more than that. So I was like, I bet you I'll show you. And this right here was a, um, the first time I learned how to dull my full, con- you know, feeling in my stomach. And yeah. from, from then on, I never really listened to it. Yeah, you had to just like, you know, you're feeling full, but you can push on and cram more in there for whatever reason. Yeah, and yeah. I think it was instilled with me that was a positive thing early on. Yeah, because that's, that's, um, that's poor people stuff. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's like a leftover from, uh, from 100 years ago when kids died more, you know. Like a kid that was healthy had a healthy appetite, so yeah. you encouraged it. But that doesn't make any sense in no. the modern age yeah. where your you kid can eat, you know, 50 Pop-Tarts. That's not a good thing. Well, they, <laughs> take into account, these these were my grandmother's siblings. So they grew up, you know, they had, I think there was like 11 of them. Yeah, back when encouraging children to eat like crazy was a good idea. Yeah, and, you know? and these were the people that were encouraging me to do these habits. Yeah. You know, back then they didn't have readily available buckets of chicken that they could go to KFC <laughs> and get, you know, as much as they wanted, literally within 30 minutes or an hour, you know, right? because they had to cook the stuff, you know, but what I'm, what I'm saying is back then they had to, you know, feather the chickens, you know, clean them, all that kind of stuff just to get chicken, you yeah, know? Yeah. Even though like a lot of these bad habits may have stemmed from, uh, your grandparents or whatever that they, they weren't bad people for doing it they just didn't really know well they they were from another time yeah exactly you know they they had they only knew what they knew as a kid yeah but as a kind of a contradiction they would encourage me to eat this much and then they make fun of me for being fat <laughs> and, it's all them video and, games jerry and, and my uncle gilbert was the world's worst you know he would always make snide comments about you know look at that boy that boy's uh, twice as short as me, but his his waist is twice as big. That's the reason he can't find no clothes that fit him. That his 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 pants legs are too long, but his waist too short. You know stuff like that. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And that was the that was kind of a a vicious cycle there. You know, encouraging the bad habits and making fun of me when they see the bad results of it. And right, I don't think right. they did that on purpose, but you know, it's it's just what happened. Yeah. So I mean, that eventually ended up with you being you know full-on obese you yeah know? and i would say by the, t- I, by the time you were an adult how big were you like well the biggest as an adult was 460 pounds yeah and you are around five nine or something like yeah, that five nine and these days i think my last weight was 228 or 229 but uh-huh. I, I am a fit person now so i don't quite look i don't think that that big no 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 it, nothing so, like that and we were talking earlier, you know, you when you slim down to a certain weight, you know, you you can fit in clothes that normally yeah. you couldn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, I'll uh, rewind back to, you know, I'll just kind of going in order. Uh, that was around six or seven, you know. Mm-hmm. And then uh, when I turned eight, you know, I would I would go to the doctor every year, and increasingly, just like 
at a really abnormal weight rates just getting bigger and bigger yeah so you would say probably at the age of eight was 120 pounds which is way too much for an eight-year-old way too much for an eight-year-old yeah and um they probably almost like double yeah it should be yeah and that was by time these uh these bad habits had taken root and at this time of my life you know i was actually when we went to a fast food restaurant and you know friday was the day man yeah friday was like Daddy says we're going to McDonald's, Wendy's. <laughs> it was McDonald's, Wendy's, Burger King, Big Chick. Yeah. And occasionally KFC. Right, right. That was such a treat, you know, that my, I knew every Friday night that we would be able to go to these fast food restaurants. And I would always be bummed because I wanted a Happy Meal and I wanted a toy, but they didn't have near enough food in them. Yeah. my I have a similar story about that. My, my parents, when I was a kid, I was a big eater too. And, uh... I would want the toy from a Happy Meal, you know, because I was a little kid. I wanted the damn, the damn Hamburglar and the little race car thing, you know. And but you know, I would get pissed off because there wasn't enough food. So my dad would have the McDonald's people put a Big Mac in the Happy Meal, <laughs> and I thought for years that a Big Mac Happy Meal was a real thing on the menu. <laughs> I thought because I, I would tell, I want a Big Mac Happy Meal. And I, good, good, that's something that my parents did too. Is that they, you know, they like, they thought it was a good thing that I had an outrageous appetite as a kid. Well, uh, you're lucky in that sense because my dad was so cheap. He said, "No way." <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, yeah, my parents indulged me a little more. He, on that he kind said, of thing. <laughs> "He said, he said, you either get the Happy Meal with a toy and get less food, or you buy the quarter pounder meal." You know, and the quarter pounder meal and the Happy Meal were roughly the same price at the yeah, time. Yeah, you know, and I was like. I guess I'll leave my toy out of it. And then I would like take some other friend of mine's toy, you know, that didn't want it or something like that. Right. Right. So I wouldn't feel as bad. You know, that was a, that was a, a really good time. And what I did, and we also had the, uh, the playground situation, you know, and I always had to worry if I was too large to fit on the slides. <laughs> so, and they used to have the ball pits too. You know, I had to worry if I was going to land on some little kid and crush them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, it it affected every part of my life. Basically, yeah, you couldn't just behave like a normal kid. Yeah, I couldn't be a normal you were three times the size of a normal kid. Yeah, and uh, I saw all my friends, you know, climbing up in this tunnel. I'm like, ah, I don't know if you know if I'm going to get stuck in this slide coming down. You know, that would be really embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, because I had to grease you up and get you out of there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that sounds funny, but that is what they do. I mean, I, I, they'll they'll literally squirt some dish soap down there and you know try and get you out. Yeah. And you know, uh, and going going to my uh, my sports life at the time, you know, I I really enjoyed baseball, and uh, the football at the time was kind of a a harder thing because one, they had to be concerned about how big you were so you wouldn't hurt the other kids. Yeah, absolutely. And two, the exercise regimen in football was much worse than baseball. Yeah, most of baseball practice would just be standing around, hitting the balls, catching the balls. You know, you didn't actually practice a whole lot of running. We ran the bases at the end of practice, and that was about it. Yeah. And um, so I gravitated more towards baseball, you know, and I was, I was the kid that always went down. They were like, uh, so what stride shirt do you wear? I'm like, I don't know if these shirts are going to fit me. Yeah. Yeah. So I would always get the largest size, you know, and uh, we always had the ballpark pictures, you know, they would come and take pictures of us with the bat and stuff like that. Right. Right. And my gut would always be hanging over the, uh, the <laughs> pants. <laughs> You know, so I would have the pooch gut like this, you know, look like a, a full on Tommy Lasorda type guy. And if you know who Tommy Lasorda is, he's a 
he was a, a big time uh, coach in Major League Baseball who had a large gut. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of look like that, you know, the a mini version of that. Right, right. You were so, smuggling a watermelon. Yeah. Around. And I, I actually used to have a uh, a coach who would troll me. He would say like. You know what? I'll carry you home with me. And you can hang out with us, but I ain't gonna feed you. You know stuff <laughs> ain't like that. Ain't got that kind of money, boy. Yeah, basically. And he would uh, at the end of practice, we would run the bases, and if anybody passed me, he would make me run them again. <laughs> you always had to, right? Yes. So, yeah. so he he always made me run the bases, and which was a good coach, but at the time it kind of was unpleasant. Yeah. But he, you know, he was trying to help you. Yeah. It, just in his own abrasive redneck way. Yeah, now, a lot of people don't realize that all these little snippet comments from your peers, from your adults, from your family, from your coaches, they they kind of add up in a kid's mind. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, and that also contributes to the overeating too because you think to yourself, well, you know, I look like this anyway. These people are going to make fun of me anyway. That I'm going to use the the food kind of to to put that kind of stuff out of my mind. Yeah, you use it as a crutch, as like a comfort thing yeah, that's what they call a, comfort eating yeah or cope uh, coping mechanism yeah coping so, mechanism whatever yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's yeah, the that's term they like, use these uh, days. me and junk food uh, it's my comfort food there yeah but for some for some uh genetic anomaly reason eddie you can eat uh, uh an infinite amount of uh hot cheetos and root beer and just never gain any weight yeah well it's slowly catching up i am well, gaining those pounds that's because he nurses a whole bag of them all day long yeah so you only actually eat about 800 calories a day so you never actually gain weight, but it's just the most god awful food in existence. Yeah, he, he has he has good self restraint, and his stomach is probably the size of a golf ball. No, it's bigger than that. But but you know he he so he can eat these incredibly unhealthy things. It's and slowly see, catching up because I got this it, giant belly. All right, I want to I want to squash a theory here. Okay. Okay. People try to put all this these unreasonable things on weight loss. You can eat anything you want as long as it's eighteen hundred to two thousand calories. Yeah, if you're stringently counting your calories, you could eat nothing but butter. Yeah. Or you could eat nothing but white sugar and lose weight. Yeah, and there you know? was there was actually a dietitian that did this. He ate junk food for eighteen hundred calories a day and still lost weight, and his blood pressure still went down. Yeah, he was just eating Twinkies and Mountain Dew or something, right? Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. So and there's also you know like you you, you know, I've heard of a uh, what did I see this on Reddit or Twitter or somewhere this guy did a whole um, thread story about how in college he lost weight by eating exactly one tombstone pizza every single day and splitting it into two meals and that's all he ate for a whole year and ended up losing like fifty or sixty pounds because one whole tombstone pizza is about nine hundred calories. Yeah, exactly. You know, which is not healthy at all to eat the cheapest frozen pizza in the grocery store and that's all you eat for your whole life for a whole year or whatever well, but you can also go get a like a a bag of cheap dollar general cookies for like a dollar 50 yeah the peanut butter ones and the whole thing's only like a thousand sixty calories and if you're on like an 1800 calorie thing a day you can eat a whole pack of cookies and still lose weight. Yeah. It's not healthy. You're probably still going to develop diabetes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you will drop the weight. Yeah, of course. If that's all you eat. Yeah. So, so that's another negative thing to be not doing outright. Eddie, you're on the, the fast track to a heart attack. You're going to be the skinniest person on the, on the, the earth to ever it, have a heart attack. i got to keep Eddie straight. Uh, uh, Eddie's no, cholesterol still high, okay? I thought that would be burning away with all the sriracha and hot sauce I eat. No. <laughs> really? No. 
Uh, I guess my diet is uh, not healthy then. No, it's it's a nightmare. Your diet is like literally the worst it can be. <laughs> and and you see, that's the thing. Eddie can only eat so much before he's sick. You know that that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, that's why he keeps him thin, but he's yeah. unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> It's not necessarily the health, healthiest thing to be. Eddie's 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 developing a beer gut without drinking any beer. You ever see a skinny guy with a with a beer gut? That's what Eddie is looking like. He's a skinny guy with a beer gut, and that beer gut is just the, you know, like the that's the food. that's the junk food accumulating yeah. in the same way that that someone who like you know fifty percent of their calories comes from beer. We're gonna go back to my. Uh you know the early childhood i kind of want to i want to keep this yeah, kind of yeah, yeah, in yeah. the earlier life yeah, you, yeah it's just get this kind of uh in context for yeah. why you were yeah obese yeah this is this is the starting of it yeah uh of the adventure so to say and uh my my parents would buy like a whole carton of orange juice or a whole bag of oranges or apples and I thought it was still healthy to drink the whole carton of orange juice, <laughs> or or eat the whole eat a whole bag of oranges, which is a ton of sugar. Yeah, you would you would shit like a dinosaur doing yeah, that. Yeah, think and that's uh, my uh, and my parents would be t- super pissed off because in two days I would drink a whole carton of orange juice, eat a whole bag of oranges. Yeah, yeah, and probably half a loaf of bread. So it was uh, it was kind of a problem that kind of kept my parents wanting to. You know, it added to the problem of buying unhealthy stuff. So yeah. And uh, my dad even went as far as demonstrating on how to make a sandwich with a proper amount of meat. <laughs> Try to give you yeah. lessons. Yeah. And he and he would monitor it. He would look at the pack of uh, at the pack of a uh, ham and see how much we were eating. Instead of being able to put half the pack on my sandwich, he would say, use three slices. Which seems totally asinine in your brain. Yes. Jared and I, would be disappointed at the lack of I, meat. I mean, I was. But at the same time, I had to kind of, I had to follow what he said or else we wouldn't have no, yeah. no lunch meat. Yeah. Only you know, Jerry would be eating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, you know, I was always the last person at the dinner table eating, too. You know, I was, you know, my, my mom would fix the, the cornbread and the Crowder peas with a... Uh, with fat back or bacon in them yeah and uh, man and, and i'm sure there was a lot of blue bonnet you know margarine in that too of course you yeah. know and so so what i would do is you would take either pinto beans or crowder peas right and you would uh you would smash up tons of cornbread in them and smash them up and you would pour ketchup all over them <laughs> and, God, and, nasty. And, 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 and put a lot of salt and it was just basically like this 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 refried bean type texture. Yeah, you turn it into a paste. With paste, with ketchup paste, ketchup paste with blue bonnet margarine mixed in with it too. So it was a greasy ketchup paste with crumbly cornbread in it. Which is probably like 500 calories per spoonful. Yeah, probably. But it was good. It was so good. And my dad, he's the one that taught me to do it, except he did it with fresh tomatoes. He did it healthier than I did. Yeah. But I said, I said, screw the, screw the tomatoes. We're just going to do ketchup. <laughs> hey, uh, Jerry, can I comment that your mom's cornbread was pretty good? It still I, I've is. I've had it before. I believe that your mom could make a, could make a top tier cornbread. I believe that. Well, she taught me how to make it. And uh, the, when was, I made it, it was good. It was and it was basically three stuff. ingredients. Like half a thing of Crisco. <laughs> Uh, 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 oh, yes, yeah, literally. Yeah. Uh, warm water. She said you got to. She told me the steps. I can't remember now, but you had to do it in steps. Yeah. Um, buttermilk, full on buttermilk. Maybe that's with, why it's cornmeal. And you had to work all the stuff in at one. You know, at, at levels basically to get yeah. it, to get the texture right. 
And man, and you also grease the pan with Crisco, okay? Yeah. So yeah. it's Crisco more, in more. the cornbread, Crisco in the pan, and if you cook it long enough, it comes out, and you just turn it over, and it, it slides right out with this nice, probably half inch thin crust that's just burnt oh, to a perfection. Yeah, almost like the uh, like the bottom of a pan pizza from oh. Pizza Hut. Oh, oh better yeah. than that. Yeah, that, but it's that, like that same a, kind of idea. Yeah, it is. That's a and, whole nother conversation there i told y'all that the, the asinine way to make this cornbread right it's probably yeah, yeah. one of the unhealthiest things in the world yeah yeah and I uh I, unhealthier and we always had to have fresh mashed potatoes and you know mom mom would make it the blue bonnet yogurt of course and she'd pour buttermilk in there too you know so yeah was, yeah get that nice gravy did you have gravy or? she didn't make gravy with it I'd love mine with gravy. So I just drink it that but way. But I'm just giving you kind of a, a general meal that we had, you know, and uh, and she did. She baked the meats, you know, most of the time because it was it was more convenient that way. It didn't make as big a mess as a fried chicken or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. But still, probably putting spoonfuls of blue bonnet margarine on it. Yeah, and then if you add like the barbecue <laughs> sauce and everything yeah. on top of it afterwards, uh, or the ketchup or whatever you're gonna do. Yeah. And see, I, I didn't like the barbecue sauce because I had a baby, you know palate back then that only liked ketchup ketchup and stuff like that (laughs) i couldn't i couldn't handle a nice savory barbecue sauce so she had to make me separate stuff that i could drown in ketchup yeah yeah so like i said i was always the last one at the dinner table so you could suck up all the extra fat back and grease and yeah whatever it may be you know And and i thought i was like it's just because i'm eating slower and no that wasn't the case at all and that's the thing, I you know, I was eating fast, but still eating more than everybody else and didn't even realize it. Yeah. And after that, my, my night consisted of probably, I had to finish the homework that I had to finish, and then it was watching TV or maybe playing a video game or something like that. Yeah, nothing active. Nothing active, yeah. exactly. And, um, you know, I, would, I didn't have a healthy sleep schedule when I was a kid. My parents never really enforced the going to bed at like 10 o'clock or anything like that. Yeah, so. yeah. Even as a kid, I probably didn't go to bed till after eleven o'clock most times. Right, which and then of course you had to wake up at six, six o'clock to get on the yeah. damn school bus or whatever it was. And as a working adult, you know that's kind of a normal thing, but for a child, it's not. Uh, it's not optimal. Yeah, yeah. So what it would do, I would wake up the next morning, and sometimes I didn't feel like eating in the morning. But mom, she would sometimes fix something. But the morning wasn't really a time to eat stuff. But later in the day. Without even knowing it, I would want to eat stuff just to keep me awake and aware. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And I would go and go to lunch, you know, and get the extra chocolate milk thinking it was better for me, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, I, I got this chocolate milk and the milk's good for me, right? Yeah, you pay like uh, an extra 50 cents yeah, 50, or whatever yeah, to 50 get another. 50 cents for an extra milk, you know. an extra milk for the school lunch, and which it, was also the, mo- the the worst quality on the planet. Yeah. And see, that was... And food bartering was like right up my alley, right? It was like I would trade away the nasty Crispito that I did not want. And if you could get a roll, the rolls in school were actually pretty good. Yeah, food bartering is a, uh, that's one of those weird nostalgic things you remember from childhood, you know, food bartering in the public school. And, uh, you know, be like, hey, buddy, uh, let me get, uh, let me get your dessert. I'll give you some of these tater tots. That was always a thing there. Yeah, yeah always. That's something Trey I, I look, extra fries. That's sort of something I look back on fondly. And sometimes I wouldn't eat much lunch if they had nothing that I liked because, you know, I didn't like much stuff then except what I was basically eating at home or taught to like. Right, right. So I would say in, in elementary school, I really didn't get that much extra to eat, but I think that contributed to me eating more at home. 
Yeah, you just like ran wild when you got home. Oh, yeah. Like you just had a second and third lunch oh, before yeah. dinner. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I and, know exactly and how the, And is. then I would, like, lots of times I would go to my grandparents after school because I was bad about not doing my homework if I went directly home. So my, uh, my parents would have me dropped off at my grandparents' house. And I would literally... It was one of two things. My grandpa would always have like some Hardy's leftover Hardy's chicken on the stove with biscuits. <laughs> or if he didn't have that, I would get, he would always have frozen potatoes, right? Yeah, yeah. And always I would, some like some uh, Orider or whatever. Yeah, and in I would put like either yeah. half to three quarters of the bag on a baking sheet and bake them. And then I was like, these potatoes are good, grandpa, because I baked them. You know, not to mention that they were fried, then frozen anyways. Yeah, they're they're already coated in frozen grease. Yeah. <laughs> That's how those frozen potatoes are. And uh, I would go, and uh, I would go to my grandparents' room in their bed and turn on the TV, because it was cable TV, and I would watch shows and, like, cartoons like Gargoyles, and I would have half a plate of ketchup and half a plate of fries <laughs> and just eat the whole thing. <laughs> and this is when I got back. And not to mention, when my parents came and got me later, I would eat dinner, too. Yeah. I mean, even now, I'm kind of thinking about some of this stuff I really didn't realize at the time. Yeah, like you would you would eat your lunch at school, which is, you know, extra milk, bartering for extra food. Yeah. Then come home or go to your grandparents or wherever and then eat a whole nother lunch, which was another probably another thousand calories. Probably more than that. Yeah. And then and half of it being sugar because you were just dumping a half a bottle of ketchup. Basically. Yeah, Jerry is notorious for being like a ketchup monster. I remember when I, I've known, I've known, I've known you, Jerry, for since 2012, 2000, somewhere in there. 2012, 2013, yeah, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, and and uh, one of the first memories I have, we we went out to IHOP. I, I I remember watching Jerry squirt the damn ketchup in his mouth at the IHOP from the bottle. Jerry drawing himself in the ketchup. I'd never seen anyone do this before outside of like a dare or something well you, you had tommy boy where he squirted the ketchup packet in his mouth you remember yeah yeah and, yeah, yeah. And david spade was like i could actually hear you getting fatter <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. but you actually like grabbed the bottle of ketchup off the table and just like dumped it in your mouth and i was just like wow i cannot like i've never seen anybody do that before to put this into context my aunt for christmas as a troll gift got me sam's club size bulk thing of ketchup for christmas yeah and I think, I, if I remember correctly, she even got it with a pump on the top. <laughs> yeah, like they have at the uh, concession stands. And, and I remember the first thing I did with it is I made some fish sticks, some baked fish sticks, and I and I made two sandwiches out of them. And I put so much ketchup on the bread and on the fish sticks where the fish sticks and the bread were soggy from it. Yeah. So it was yeah. basically just like a, a ketchup sandwich at, with some added fish sticks right, to it. Right, right. Chunky ketchup sandwich. And I remember eating it, and it was Heinz ketchup has a little spice to it, a little bit of a kick, not not much. Yeah. But back then, I I remember, and I remember having so much ketchup, I could taste this. It actually had a kick to it, and even though it was unpleasant to eat, I ate all of it because I didn't want to waste the ketchup. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, wasting ketchup was not a thing with me. I'm not gonna if I have a pool of ketchup on my plate, then it's gonna be licked up. If I don't have anything to, to swab it up with. Yeah, it's like wasting beer in a frat house. It's a no it's a no go. Yeah, it's it was, no good. My uh my aunt knew this and she bought me that troll grift, but little did she know that was actually one of the most useful The best and, gift you ever yeah, received. Yeah, one, one of the best gifts I ever received. And I would always argue with my parents, you know, well, this is only fifteen calories a serving. 
And not and then and the bulk size ketchup's probably had like three hundred servings in it. Yeah. You know, something yeah. something like that. So I would probably say we didn't have ketchup in the household, it was a crisis. You know, and I would go to the extent of taking the ketchup bottle if we didn't have it, putting water in it and shaking it up and getting more ketchup. <laughs> it That's was disturbing, Jerry. That's very disturbing. <laughs> it wasn't ideal, but it's kinda of like a crack addict, you know, if if he does or a, a pothead if he doesn't have the weed, he'll scrape it out of the bottom of his pipe to get the the stuff, the resin yeah, or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so it was a it was a similar effect. Yeah, yeah. And but and I also had brothers who had massive ketchup consumption, so it would probably not go beyond the realm of possibility saying that we went through at least three glass bottles of it a week. You know, yeah, the, which the, is a lot. Yeah, the big the big glass bottles a week because my brothers were way into it as well. I go, it takes me like I have, I've always had some ketchup in the refrigerator for whatever, but it, you know it takes me months to go through one bottle of ketchup because I'll just put a little squirt on my hamburger or something. You know, like, well, I mean, I don't even keep it in the house now because I won't. Yeah, I yeah, eat it. yeah. I haven't really met your brothers. Are they are they big? Were they big too back then? Or uh, Kenneth was big. Yeah, uh, Daniel was uh, about medium size. A little overweight, but little, nothing. Yeah, yeah. Kenneth was a was a pretty chunky kid. Yeah, yeah. They were never as big as me, and uh, they got on some extracurricular stuff, <laughs> and they all lost a lot of weight. Yeah, lost weight on some drugs. So my brother yeah. Daniel now has gotten has gotten off. He, he got off the drugs, but now he's getting that pot gut again. Yeah, yeah. And it's basically from drinking uh, copious amounts of alcohol and eating all the wrong things. Yeah, yeah. You know, he works at a, a chicken produ- production plant. So he can bring home all this chicken, you know, and he basically eats like chicken or fried chicken like every day or every other day. Yeah, yeah. So he's packing calories on. He's packing yeah. calories. You know, he lost the meth, but got the other stuff, you know. Yeah. Fried chicken is better than meth. Yeah, you know, of course. It, even it, though it's fried chicken's horrible yeah. for you, it's better than yeah, meth. Yeah, going back to then, and, and I would also pick up the unhealthy eating habits from my brothers. You know, they, my brother Kenneth would take a whole box of cereal in a big metal bowl, like a big salad bowl, yeah. and he would eat it all at one time. And probably put put a quarter gallon of milk in there. Yeah, with it exactly. A, a yeah. half a gallon of milk at the same time, too. Yeah. And see, all right, this is some gross stuff. During this time, we had roaches pretty bad. And one time, I saw my brother eating the cereal, and a roach crawled out of it. And oh. he just flicked it to the side and kept eating the cereal. <laughs> he wasn't about he wasn't about to waste the cereal. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, the brothers they would also antagonize me as being a big kid too. They would invoke me into rages that I've never felt before. You know. Right, yeah. And, and so and, yeah, your, your brothers can do that. And, and I mean. Literally never being, I don't ever remember being so mad as I got into rages at yeah. the older brothers. Yeah. You know, of course, they would make fun of me for being uh, really big and obese, you know. And I would do some other things to them. We won't talk about that. That is totally, you know. Yeah, yeah, Really, yeah. really bad stuff. So I'll talk about it with you later. Okay. Off the podcast. <laughs> and my sister would always, she would troll me too, though, right? Yeah. You know, she would she would get the Chef Boyardee uh, canned spaghetti and she would be like, this is so good, Jerry. And it would be the only can. And I loved the stuff at the time, too. Yeah. And she was like, oh, yes. And she was eating the spaghetti in front of me. And meanwhile, I had to go to the refrigerator to cut me up some Spam. Because that was the only <laughs> thing that was available. And I would microwave it. Yeah. I would microwave Spam and cover it in ketchup. So I, I, I can just imagine how that smells. Uh, it was the, the Spam coming out of the it, mic. It wasn't good at the time. I don't know why I ate it. <laughs> 
You imagine microwaving spam. I, I can. It's terrible. The only. The, it's been forever since I had spam. To, the only. Uh, I could bust you open a can later, Eddie. We can make nah, some fried spam for I'm you. Good. I'm good. The only proper way to have spam is to me is cold on a sandwich or fried to a nice crisp. Yeah, that's how. That's how I used to eat spam. Was yeah, that's how I remember it. Yeah, too. you cut it into slices and fry it until it gets a nice little brown on it, and then you. Put it on a sandwich with some mustard, and it's good. Some cheese. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's, but, it's, I mean, it's, you know, it's. It, I, I say it's good in air quotes. It's not really – it just tastes like salt and fat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it scratches a little fat man itch, you know, or a little yeah. redneck itch, whatever you got going on. Like I said, the Spam with the ketchup, and then I would take a whole almost – you know like the uh, the juices you get in the produce aisle, like the – the Welch's Tropical Fruit Punch in in the cartons. Yeah, and I would take and drink big, huge cups of that with. Which is another deceptive thing. Is you're like, oh, it's fruit juice, it's fruit but if you juice. look at the ingredients, the second ingredient is corn syrup. Yeah, you because know, it's just you're, you're basically just drinking, you know, the same ingredients that are in a soda, just mixed with some fruit flavoring and no carbonation. So picture microwave spam with ketchup and nasty Welch's dollar carton juice. Yeah, you, so you're looking at about a thousand calories of pure artery clogging death. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and as you're eating this as a kid. Yeah, as a, as a kid, this I, I'm the only one I know who have ever has ever microwave spam. I've never seen it before again in my life. <laughs> I've never done that or seen anyone do. That's so why I say I can only imagine how bad that smelled. <laughs> yeah, and um, but like I said, my my sister would she would do a little bit of trolling because she she was extra picky and she got her own little thing too. Yeah. And the older brothers, you know, I, I remember a rhyme they used to say. Some sometimes, you know, we were poor, didn't have any uh, meat to go with it. Yeah, they would say, "Ain't no meat, I ain't gonna eat." You know that was that was the that yeah. was the normal thing going on, and you know, and I was like, "Well, we got noodles, we got some, we got some green beans." With I'll some, eat them taters and butter yeah, noodles, and they got some some noodles and some. Uh, in some green beans with a bunch of blue bonnet melted up in it. You could see the grease floating on top of the green bean water. <laughs> yeah, just like yellow. Yeah, and yeah. It, was, it, was, it was sitting like that. And, you know, I could drown it in ketchup with cornbread and a big mixed up and with some peas, you and know. And you're perfectly happy. And I was, and I was saying, oh, okay, I don't, I don't care. I'm not as picky as my brothers in this, you know. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my dad, he, he was always real stringent about the grocery budget. He would go to the grocery store with a... Uh, with a calculator and he would add all this stuff up you know and it was always the same thing it was an endless cycle of pork chops chicken and cube steak that was the three things you know and he was also very picky individual so if we had spaghetti my mom had to make him hamburgers right because because spaghetti is ethnic food and he yeah he, he ain't no italian no no <laughs> i will say that as, as, a, as, a, as a shout out my dad has gotten a lot better about his prejudices yeah, and, and about a lot of other stuff like that. At least around me, right? I don't know how he is around other people, but uh, you know, being around my sister, who is a really liberal person, I think she lives with him. So maybe some of that rubbed off on him in a good way. So if that makes sense, maybe to even him out a little bit, even him out a little bit. And also, we're we're gonna sway away from the food. I want to. I want. Uh, that's that's all a good subject. But all right, well let's uh, let's let's take a little break okay. before we get into that, all and right. uh, we will be right yeah. back. All right. All right, we are back from break, and uh, what what was it you were going into there, Jerry? We're going to go into some stuff that's not necessarily about uh, food, even though there's countless stories about that. 
We're going to go into some other things that had me develop early complexes. Early in my childhood, I wasn't very good at hygiene. You know, as I'm sure most kids don't like to take showers and stuff like that. But I really didn't take good care of myself, you know. And as a as a big child, you start developing extra odors that younger children don't. So, uh, and my house also wasn't the best, you know. My dad smoked cigars growing up. My uh, my extremities and my uh, in certain areas of my body didn't smell good either. So it was basically you, like a you get some swampy armpits, swampy well, crotch. It was basically you know? like walking around with a smelling like a toilet with cigars in it, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and to be completely candid here, I would sit down in chairs, you know, and the, just the chairs would absorb this odor, you know. Yeah. And I and I, and as I got up, I saw other children go, "Oh gosh, this stinks." <laughs> You know, so I would I would see that, and I would have other people make fun of me for smelling bad or something like that. And so uh, I think in middle school, I developed a complex, you know, where I wasn't going to stink no matter what. So I would take extra showers, and I would wash really good, which was a good thing. But then I would go overboard with deodorant, you know, and I would slather it, you know, on my butt and my, <laughs> under under un, underneath my testicles, you know. Just doing anything you yeah, could. Yeah, un, underneath the fat rolls, you know, I had a crease in my back that had a fat in it, you know, and I would do that up under the man boobs. Yeah. You would you make know, sure that you were not the smelly guy. Yes, make sure I wasn't the smelly guy. I especially didn't want to be the fat and smelly guy. Yeah, I'm sure everybody appreciated it, you know. Yeah. You know, I'm sure. Even, I'm sure they did. Even if they didn't necessarily appreciate how much effort you were going through to not be the smelly guy. Yeah, and see, and that was a good habit that I developed to uh, up all the way through adulthood. I was able to maintain, and you can even attest to I was most of the time didn't have a bad odor to me. Even no, as never, a, never. As a is a huge guy, you know, I was always able to to keep that under wraps. Yeah. So and uh, now. You know, slimming up some. You know, I may go maybe a day and not take a shower. It won't be that big of a deal. You can get away with it now because yeah. Yeah, you're the, a normal size, normal healthy size, and yeah, you don't have like four times the surface area to get sweat and dirt and well, it's, it's smelliness. Just, you know, it's just like anything else. You know, when you have all these these fat rolls and all these you know extra crevices for stuff to get into, you know, if you as a big person, if you go a day without bathing. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna develop jock itch for one thing, yeah, and you're gonna smell really bad, and you're gonna be extra chafed. And I know this is mostly talking about my childhood, this, but I'm gonna give a little extra snippet of uh, what actually happened one time. Is uh, I missed a day of bathing, and I developed an incredibly bad thing of jock itch in a in an area of my body that is near my testicle, so to say. Yeah, and uh, and I remember my wife having to spray this tough fat tenactin <laughs> on my area and just be lit up, you know, and just sizzle. You just heard that sizzle, you know, because it was attacking all of these, this fungus and this odor. To your wife's credit, that's a, that's a good woman that will uh, go to those kind of links to, to help make her husband comfortable. That's, you know. Yeah. I mean it, but like, that's, that's, that's a job right there, Jerry. Oh yeah, it was. <laughs> And just it was sizzle, baby. You know that's what that's what you heard, and that's what you felt. I don't think you want to go through that again, do you? No, I do not. And unless I go multiple days without bathing in a very humid environment, that's not going to happen to me as long as I keep my weight under control. Yeah. But as a child, I remember constantly being chafed and galled between my thighs. Yeah, because it's constant rubbing. Yeah, it constant together. rubbing together. Yeah. You know. 
so I had to go through extra lengths to, to keep it better. I remember my mother, you know, Destin is a baby cream that prevents chafing. Yeah, yeah. And she would she would have to help me slather this stuff on my thighs, you know, and other areas of my body to keep me from, from getting, you know, extremely chafed. Yeah. And, you know, and when you're an older kid, maybe 9 or 10 years old, you don't want your mom touching these areas of your body. Yeah, that's, that's when it starts to get awkward. Yeah. Yeah. So uncomfortable. Yeah, so she would uh, have to do that, and that was a consequence of me being a a big kid, you know. Uh, and it, it causes a bunch of unnatural things to happen to your body that aren't supposed to. That's something that I want to wanted to bring up in this this podcast as well. Not only the 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 ill effects of eating, but more or less what all this weight does to you as a body. Yeah, you it, know, growing from it destroys you. Yeah, it yeah. does. It really does. And there's of course. You know, there's a push these days to try and normalize because with so many people are overweight now to try and normalize it and say that it's healthy where but it's clearly not, you know, and you and I both have experience with this. Yeah. Like being fat. Yeah. Being very overweight and obese is not healthy at all. Yeah. You know, and like you can't there's no argument to be made that it is healthy. You yeah. Know? You you have a very it's, strong push this way of uh, society saying that you're absolutely okay just the way you are. And that's not true if you're if you're doing something to destroy your own body. From a health standpoint, yeah. that's not true. I mean, yeah. if you're comfortable with yourself and your self-esteem, you know, as a bigger person, I mean, whatever, more power to you. But you, you can't argue that it's healthy and that you're not taking years off of your life by being unhealthy and being at an unhealthy weight well it's it goes the same with anything you know as as far as smoking too yeah you know there's a reason that insurance rates are higher for people who are overweight and for people who smoke a lot of times yeah yeah it's uh suicide on the installment plan yeah right and, and see uh one thing that i, I want to basically do with this this podcast as well is raise awareness for it yeah you know, from a very young age, uh, try to shed some truth on the reality yeah. of how people live, especially as kids yep. coming up, you know, and then you know, they get bad habits early and become overweight kids and they have to deal with so much more, you know, because of these bad habits that have been instilled in them. Yeah. So I can, I can say that if some better habits were instilled in me and I was able to be a normal weight kid. I would have enjoyed my childhood a lot more. Yeah, me too. I mean, even, even I did it. I enjoyed my childhood. I did, but I also have a lot of bad memories. I couldn't think of one person in my life that didn't say something negative about my physique. Yeah, my closest friends, my family. There was hardly anybody that didn't put me down in some way. Yeah, and you people don't realize how damaging that is as a child. You know, when you have every, the most important people in your life speaking detrimentally about how you are. And not in a good way. Yeah. Not in a loving way, but, you know, because your family gets mad, they're going to start throwing darts at your most insecure stuff anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, healthy families do this less. That's just a, a, a thing of it. And you can tell, and a lot of people will uh, will try to illegitimize uh, healthy families that mm -hmm. they see. You know, they'll be jealous of it. Yeah. You know, and, and more times than not, I have been, went into my household and went into a healthy household and saw the difference. So, and you know, nobody's perfect, but what I'm saying is if, if you're, if you can get right as a child, life is going to be a ton easier for you. Mm -hmm. And see, that's what I do these days. You know, as part of my church is I'm involved with the, uh, the youth there. And what I'm doing is, uh, 
I'm trying to push them away and steer them clear of some of the stuff that I had to go through. Yeah. And an easy, legitimate guide to this is the Bible. The New Testament is is the more practical, up-to-date knowledge. And some of the Old Testament stuff doesn't necessarily apply much these days. Because a lot of that stuff was to keep people healthy at that time, you know. Right, right. The shellfish so, and the pork. Yeah, and, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, don't don't eat blood. And, yeah. yeah. But um, there's a, a young a gentleman that I just ran into at uh, my gym yesterday. I'll leave him unnamed. You know, he was uh, he's 14, about 386 pounds, which is huge for a 14 year old. And he's only about five foot six. Yeah. So he's not he's not that tall. You know, oh, and his hold, hold on, Jerry. How big were you when you started high school? Uh, ninth grade, I was probably around 300 pounds. Oh, okay. I would say that was my weight, 290, something like that. So you're a, you were a little less than this kid, but in the ballpark. In the ballpark. And by the end of high school, I was about the same size. Yeah. yeah. By the end of high school, I was in the 380s. Yeah. All right. So his uh, his mother looked at me and she said, she asked her son, said, ask him how much he used to weigh, asking me. Oh, because she knew you before. Yeah. Okay. Well, she, didn't, she didn't know me, but the, the personal trainer that was there helping them knows me. Oh, I see. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You you were from you're friends with the personal trainer, and yeah, yeah. You and, were kind of used as an example of yeah, and what he, can be done and, for someone that was a very and he said, and he pointed them to talk to me. Yeah, and I was just kind of you know uh, talking to him, and he had pretty much the same demeanor I did at that age, and I could tell he wasn't real interested. Yeah, know? and even you know it was too much work for him. I mean, I could see a lot of the same behaviors. The demeanor was the same in me as it was in him at that at that age. Yeah, yeah. Even me coming from a perspective and talking to him, I could still tell he wasn't. He wasn't on board. With he wasn't on board fixing with, himself with yet. Fixing himself yet because it was. Yeah. It takes a drastic change in in uh in your psyche and your lifestyle. Yeah, rea- the reality has to set in that you're killing yourself basically. Yeah, and he hasn't experienced that enough. Yeah. Apparently, to to let him know that. So, what I guess I'm trying to say is. It needs to be caught before that, because yeah. if it's if it's not caught in the purse and you get into the lifestyle of that early, it becomes hard to break it until you've suffered the consequences enough. Yeah, because you don't you don't want to lose the best years of your youth being so overweight that you can't live your life. Yeah, you know you're gonna you're gonna miss out on you're going to miss out on everything that makes life worth living as a young person. Yeah. Cause you've basically turned your body into something that is unusable. Yeah. You're going to have bad experiences with, with relationships, you know, you're going to have bad experiences with, you know, like you're not going to be able to do things that your friends are doing, you know, unless yeah. you're just sitting around playing video games or something, you know, like you're going to have trouble just doing things like walking. Yeah. You know? And, uh, I saw this young man actually the day before, and I could feel my heart string starting to be tugged because I knew exactly, you know, how that may feel. Yeah. You know, and um, and I was already thinking in my head, I hope he comes and talks to me. Yeah. You know, because I want to help. And maybe maybe we planted a seed in him, you know. Maybe he'll come a little bit earlier, you know, and uh, be able to, to enjoy maybe some of his high school years now. Yeah, because, you know, if you can reverse somebody at that age, they'll bounce back a lot faster than somebody that loses a bunch of weight in their thirties or forties. Yeah. Because you know, when he's 14, he hasn't destroyed his knees yet. Yeah. He hasn't destroyed his back yet. His yeah. skin will still bounce yeah. back and yeah. have the el- elasticity to, to not be 
stretched out, you know, for without, you know, for the rest of his life without surgery yeah. and stuff like that. And he, he won't necessarily develop like long-term hormonal issues from being yeah. overweight and things like, like that. Like at that age, like if you can help somebody at that age, that's infinitely better than even 10 years later. Yeah. I was developing, uh, the ways to live being obese, even in my early years, is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, you were creating you you were creating workarounds. Yeah, to like to, to to keep you sane and comfortable and maintain the big man status. Yeah, yeah. So you you were you were coming up with all these tips and tricks for yeah being a big man, whereas should have been trying to lose weight. Yeah, but, you well, know. And I want to add this disclaimer too. I'm in no way trying to give you a blueprint on how to live as a. <laughs> Is a fat man. I don't. That's not what I'm trying to do. But I, what I'm trying to say is, is if you if your eyes can be open, you can see how your life is revolving around being this, uh, around being this, becoming yeah, this. You're you're having to come up with strategies to just do things that other people do without thinking. Yeah. Like for you know, like give us some examples, Jerry. The way I was dressing, the bathing habits that I had, bathing longer, you know, putting on extra smell good stuff. Uh, your shoes are another big thing. You have to spend extra money on shoes because you want your feet to be comfortable. Stuff like that. Yeah, because you get so much extra weight on your feet that yeah, normal like a normal pair of shoes, your your feet will be in pain just walking normally. Yeah. Here's one, Jerry, going to the specialty clothing stores. Okay, yeah, Eddie brings up a good point. Okay, yeah. yes. Because I remember a very bad yeah, incident the, with one of those trips that we uh went on but they um the the novelty clothing stores is one thing like the like the big and tall stores that's another workaround is you're gonna have to you know have larger clothes yeah yeah even as a as a kid my mother would have to go and find adult clothes and and hem the legs up on them yeah to go get you like a size 38 pants or something and and, but and, and have my grandmother draw the legs up on them so i could wear them yeah yeah you know, or either you had the you had the huck fin curled up too. You know, the where you curl where you you cuffed your pants up to fit over your shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And these you'd have you would have to go to uh, stores in Atlanta just to be able to find clothes when you got to be a teenager because you were in the process then of pretty much becoming the height that you were gonna be. Yeah, you had to go to the big and tall store as a sixteen, seventeen year old. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you you would always have to wear uh, if you wanted to be courteous and not show your ass crack oh, and yeah, your belly you would, all the time. You the workaround you would have to wear your pants like Urkel. Yeah, you had to wear your <laughs> pants up as high as you could, and also wear a long. You'd have to wear a long tank top tucked into your pants so that you could then wear another shirt on top of that, so that you didn't, you know, like show your plumber's crack every time you you moved. Say no to or crack, Jerry. Say no to crack. And see, that was another thing. I, as a big man, you would get made fun of in school for is you would show your butt crack to everybody. Yeah, it's once you get to a certain point, it's impossible to not. Almost almost any pair of pants will start showing your ass crack. Yeah. So, you know, when even you just even if you just bend over slightly or sit down in any chair, it's it's like that. You'd have girls go, excuse me, your butt crack showed up. Yeah. You know, stuff yeah. like that. Right. You know, just, and kids are freaking mean, especially like in uh, middle school. Yeah. But yeah, the uh, the wearing them like Urkel thing is uh, is the only way that you could truly keep your butt crack from showing. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, and to keep your belly from hanging out of the bottom of your shirt because your belly yeah. is tucked into your pants. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you had to get out of that denial zone that your waist was the only thing, was 
the size it is under your gut. Yeah. You had to include your waist the size it is over your gut. And and these are all strategies just to be a presentable, well-kept fat man. Yeah. You know, to, to, to not walk into the grocery store or wherever and just be a sloppy spectacle, you know, just to be presentable, basically. Yeah. And also when you're, when you're going out to restaurants, you know, you had to look for the proper booth sizes. Yeah. Or you would have to sit in a, a chair in a chair at a table. Yeah. You couldn't get into a booth. You know, that, that was a normal thing, you know, like all, try going to waffle house as a fat man. Oh yeah. And the only, the only available seat is a booth. Like it's not happening. Yeah. You immediately as a big man, when you walk to, as a fat man, you walk into a restaurant, you want them to sit you at a table and you almost got that panic thing going on in a booth because you know, if I go into the booth, my gut's going to hang over the edge like that. And you're going to be able to see my gut hanging over. Yeah. And also if you go to a concert or a venue, the chairs aren't going to be big enough to house your, uh, your buttocks. Yeah. And, and so the strategy that I had is I would get an outside seat so I could sit sideways into the chair and have the rest of my other butt cheek outside of the chair in the aisle. So half my, half my, half my butt will be here and half my butt will be here. Yeah. And if you had, if you were in a place that you had to have the actual number seat, it was a nightmare. Yeah. It's a no go. So like at a sports game or something like that. And, and you were always self-conscious of sticking your butt in people's faces or your gut in people's faces, trying to get out into the aisle to go to the bathroom. Yeah. You know, society has, has started to cater to this now. Well, and I'll have, I had the personal experience of going to a concert and, uh, and I was strapped in the middle row, you know, everybody else around me was uncomfortable. It was awkward. And instead of the, uh, the people come and say, Hey, sir, you're too big. You got to leave. They said, Hey, sir, come down here and sit in our VIP row, row right here. Yeah. That's normally for people in wheelchairs. Yeah. Yeah. So they did what was easiest. They did the thing that wouldn't cause a scene, but at the same time, that's kind of an enablement. Yeah, and it made you feel bad at the same time. Yeah, you know, society is is slowly starting to uh, to cater to this kind of stuff, and I think in some way that they're encouraging it now. It almost seems like it's being promoted. Yeah, modern advertising does not help. No, it doesn't because it promotes it promotes unhealthy bodies as the norm. Now, well, well, what what advertising? Well, here's also something I'll bring up. Even as a child. You would have the commercials about the the Whopper and the and the uh, and the pizza with the stringy cheese, supersized meals, and yeah. then in the next commercial you'd have oh Weight Watchers. Yeah, it was a racket, you know. So you would have this stuff encouraging people to be obese, and then you would have the stuff that helped people not be obese. Yeah, and and it's it's gotten extreme. You see people in advertisements and media now, and. Some people like they're you know it's it's almost promotion and glorification of people that are full on obese. Yeah. Whereas you look at a movie, a movie from the nineteen sixties to give you an example is the, the original Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory with uh, Gene Augustus Wilder. Glute. Yeah, the obese. Yeah, there was a, a fat kid character there. Augustus Gloop. Yeah, Augustus Gloop, and this kid by today's standards would just be normal, would look no- like a normal kid, but at that time. He was considered hilariously fat. Yeah, you know, and like go go pull up a picture and look at the, the this actor in that role. And if if you're a younger person now and you're not, I know this is like boomer talk talking about old movies and stuff. I you know just move past that for a minute. Go go Google this kid and realize that 
his body at that time was considered to be noticeably fat and unhealthy. And if you took that kid now and put him next to in any elementary school in the country right now, he would be, he would be considered normal. You know, he would be almost, almost considered to be the average. Yeah. You know, like that, that, that's how far things have gone, which is sad and insane and troublesome. It's, it's, It's worrying really, you know? Yeah. I would say the 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 healthiest uh, relationships I had in my in my life during high school were were actually with um, some of these kids you would consider uppity or preppy or something like that. Yeah, they really weren't. They were just from good households. Yeah, people yeah. that were normal, well adjusted yeah. people. And they would kind of challenge me, maybe in a loving way, but they were decent to me. Yeah, they weren't being cruel. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and now I, I look back and I was incredibly unpleasant to these people, but they showed me mercy and they showed me love and i'd imagine it's because they saw me as being a person that was in a bad state you know and that's uh, that's kind of the way i think we should raise our kids today you know not to be if you see someone that's in a, a bad state you know obese or maybe smell bad or something like that you don't automatically go and poke fun at these things you realize in your head there's something that's causing them to be this way yeah so that's something we need to train our kids on i believe too is to be uh be kind to yeah. someone in this yeah. state, even if they're unpleasant. Yeah, be honest, but you don't have to be cruel. Yeah. Yeah, you can be honest to someone, you know, especially if you care about them or whatever. You can be honest without being cruel to them. Yeah. And you can even you can even incorporate humor into it, you know, yeah. joke around with somebody without you can you can poke fun and and crack a joke without being cruel about it. You well, know? This, it goes back to the baseball coach of, of saying the stuff like, yeah. hey, I'll take you home with me, but I ain't going to feed you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that, that was in good taste and he wasn't, and he was a, he was a funny guy anyways. Right. Right. I, I'm going to go in a, in a more humorous stance now, and it's going to be about the butter noodles. Okay. <laughs> yeah. This, this is what I want to, uh, to kind of leave you with, so to say, cause we've been going on for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So, I'm going to leave you with the many varieties of butter noodles that we had as a kid, right? You had butter noodles with minced garlic if mom was feeling frisky. We had the regular string spaghetti with butter noodles with sliced American cheese up in it and mixed up. Not not, <laughs> not even the shredded cheese because all we could afford with the block. was the yeah. block. No, not a block. It was the, the actual individually sliced American cheese. Oh, the, yeah, 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 yeah. And we yeah, throw yeah. it up in there and yeah. mix it up. You know, you'd have these big globs of American processed cheese in <laughs> in your cheap blue bonnet. Yeah, uh, almost like a noodles. poor man's macaroni and cheese. Yeah, you would have you would have butter noodles and hot dogs. That was also <laughs> another uh, get you some protein in there. Yeah, and I think there was even a spam. Could get you some crispy spam chunks and throw it in there. Yeah, and and there was also the. You had the butter noodles with Crowder peas. That was also another thing, a, a southern redneck thing right yep, there. Yep. Let's see. Butter noodles with uh, with extra pepper and a little bit of tomato sauce with some ketchup on it. <laughs> uh, butter butter noodles with cornbread, man. Just this mixed up cornbread. You'd make a nice savory, you know, paste with uh, with your with your blue bonnet butter noodles and your uh, and your noodles. We talk about the elbow macaroni a lot, but my, mom also made it with the regular spaghetti a lot. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think that was I got more out of that than I did the actual elbow ones. Well, it's easier to shovel it in your mouth. Yeah, you can twirl it around oh, that fork yeah. and cram it in there. Yeah, and it was it was good if you could get the big chunk of American cheese up there with it. You know, you just have that one bite of that fake cheese with those 
with those uh those noodles in there, man, it was it was unlike anything else. And now I, I could look at that kind of stuff and I'm like I don't know. That sounds pretty gross. It's so it's it's so that's, that's why we can laugh about it because yeah. it's so bad that it becomes funny. Yeah, you know, compared to like your diet now, which is infinitely healthier. You yeah, know? it is. And, and you know, uh, but that that's the thing. I, I wanted to get serious about it for a little while, but I also want to want to make fun of the uh, the main staple of it back then. You yeah, know, which yeah. is is the ultimate poor man food. You know, you know, for anybody that's of a poor background or, you know, and these foods from a poor background make people the way they are obese. Yeah. And we could, you know, go into this on a later episode, but just because you're poor doesn't mean you have to eat like that. Yeah. You know what you're doing. Yeah. You know, like there's a lot of options to eat healthy on a very limited budget. I I don't have a lot of money right now because, you know, inflation and my wife's been out of work for a while, but, uh, yeah, you can eat healthy like uh, bags of spinach, you know, typically under $3. Yeah. You know, bags of carrots, two-pound bags, two bucks. Cheaper cuts of meat, chicken thighs yes. are still t- typically affordable. Yeah. You know, and, like cheaper cuts of, of beef, ground yeah. beef, you know. Yeah, or stir-fry beef, something like that. Mm-hmm. Or uh, if you even want to go cheaper, you can you can buy the lunch meat that's on sale, and you can cube that up and put that in your salads as well. So, you know, I usually... To start off my dinner, I'll have a spinach salad with cut up apples, a light vinaigrette dressing, and carrots, with maybe a little bit of crumbled Parmesan cheese. And that meal, right? It's not really a meal. It's something that kind of fills me up, so I don't eat a ton of dinner, yeah, so to say. Yeah. But that whole meal is only under three hundred calories, and it's not expensive at all. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of people like to make the excuse that. Eating good costs a lot of money, but if you buy the actual bare bone stuff, the vegetables like you're supposed to, and not like all the 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 Atkins bars and all that stuff that have a bunch of unhealthy stuff in them, yeah, anyways. Yeah, you're that probably a different kind of racket. Yeah, you might actually end up eating cheaper than you do eating the unhealthy stuff if you go to the basic stuff. If you have the idea in your head that poor people can only eat unhealthy because it's all that they can afford, and like that's entirely wrong. You know, if you have some very basic fundamental cooking skills and we're talking bare bones, basic, like, can you make rice? Can you make beans? You know, can you like sear a cheap piece of steak or can you put some chicken thighs in the oven? Like, this is not hard stuff. You know, like you're like a a poor person's diet does not have to be, you know, snack cakes and McDonald's and and you know boxes of cheap cereal and mm. you know all this kind of crap like pop tarts and frozen pizzas like that like that's not what your diet has to be and it doesn't re- doesn't require eating the most expensive high quality grass fed meat and organic, organic vegetables yeah. and stuff like like that stuff if you can afford that stuff that's great but most people can't you know yeah i mean this you can find a lot of this stuff on sale now it's more readily readily available than it used to be and we can go into this in more in depth yeah. in other episodes but just in you know just just want to throw that out there is you know that we're, we're talking a lot about poor people food and stuff but you know if you just educate yourself a little bit and you can learn to cook just by watching youtube videos yeah you know basic cooking skills that literally anyone can learn I can't cook is not an excuse in the modern day. 
my parents didn't teach me how to cook is not an excuse when everyone has YouTube on their mm-hmm. smartphone. You know, well, it's 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 not I an excuse. I can't really cook too good, but I, I can cook some things, just not uh, a whole bunch of weird dishes. Okay. okay. Well, that's what exactly what we're talking right. about. We're talking about basic cooking skills. Like, you can peel some potatoes and throw them in some boiling water, can't you, Eddie? Yeah. A lot of people that's, pretend like they can't do that. That is, that <laughs> well, is the uh, baseline of making fresh mashed potatoes. It was, yeah. it was easier for mom to make a big pot of noodles that wasn't healthy and have the kids eat them than it was because she tried to fix healthy things growing up. But we were like, eh, and just turn our nose up at him, and Dad wouldn't back it up. Yeah. And if the, you know, and if Dad don't back it up, it's kind of hard for Mom to right, know, right. to steal it. I'm gonna give you a little information on on myself here. You know, before we close, you know, name's Jerry. I'm not gonna put my last name out here just yet. Yeah. We're gonna see how it goes. But I'm a uh, middle-aged man, 37 years old. That's not really middle-aged. You're you're still a. Uh, you're you're about the same age, so you may be in denial too. <laughs> but but anyways, so 30, 37 year old man, you know, uh, you know, used to be grossly unhealthy, lost a lot of weight. Life has gotten substantially better now, and I have almost forgotten what it was like until I started this podcast here. When you know, I'll give you some you know context. When I met Jerry, like we we said that we talked about this a little bit earlier. I met you in. 2012 or so and you were that was right around when you were at your biggest right yeah, right four, around your yeah peak. Four, 450 460 yeah something like yeah that. and you know you were extremely large and you around starting in what 2016 2017 into 2016 yeah you october probably you started really skin serious about losing weight and you lost an incredible amount of weight like yep. incredible like this to give you context for why you know jerry's talking about this kind of stuff is because he he is a genuine success story of being extremely obese and going down to a very healthy weight in a healthy way and keeping it off which is rare and you know it takes a a determination and mental fortitude you know and a lot of help from the lord too we'll put it that way yeah 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 yeah. and you know that's what that's why that's why we're talking we're not just you know talking about fat kid stories just for just to entertain ourselves it's because jerry wants to tell his story and that you know other people can do this you know he's not a superhero he's he's a yeah let's see in 2000 i'm 37 right now in 2016 how many years ago was that 32 i don't know 31 or 32 you started you started losing weight in your early 30s yeah the journey took roughly a year to get down to even less weight than i am now we you got down to what 190 uh, one uh, one time 179 oh wow but but for a person of of my frame yeah that was that was unhealthy yeah you got down to being extremely slim yeah very slim very vascular you know yeah like you were very very slim and you're you went from wearing a size what what's what were your pant size when you were the biggest a 60 and then you got down to probably what? probably a thirty or thirty two, I would say. In your smallest. Yeah, in my smallest. And right now it depends on what size I wear. I can wear anywhere from a thirty six to a thirty eight in my yeah. waist is what it is. Yeah. You know, I'm by no means the 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 super model type dude, but to go from a size sixty two waist down to this is Yeah, you're like you're you're a normal looking fit man yeah. right now. And you're in at thirty seven. Yeah, yeah. And and I wear anywhere from a large to an extra large shirt. You know, yeah, so, something like that. You know, and I wanted to add some humor into it. You know, because I'm sure that uh, anyone else who has a similar background has tons of uh, 
funny stories about it too, as well as some stuff that's that's uh, that was tragic or some stuff that made them more negative of who they were too. Yeah. So you know we want to mix some of that in. We want to challenge you, but we also want to encourage you and give you some practical advice about how if you're interested in losing weight, Jerry's the expert here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the, like yeah. The this bona fide is, expert on yeah, losing weight. Is, all right. This this is the 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 discipline side of it and i'll go ahead in order to gain the discipline it takes a mental change period though so you have to make a decision to do it yeah yeah all right so what i started doing was uh 2000 well what i first started doing was just uh at night instead of snacking i would challenge myself to wait to the next morning just wait yeah you know and eat less i didn't count calories at first but i just did that and i uh you know, I eat healthy stuff. You know, I would, I would just eat reasonably, honestly. Yeah. Until I lost about fifty pounds, and once I lost fifty pounds, I got into the gym. Yeah, that was when you, that was your first, almost your first mile. Like losing fifty pounds was yeah noticeable. Yeah, the the fifty pounds was enough where I could start getting on the health train in the gym safely without hurting myself. Yeah, just without killing your knees and your back. Yeah. So uh, and then I really got serious about you know the fitness of losing it. And that was, you know, eating 2000 calories a day, drinking a gallon of water and exercising vigorously for five to six days a week. Yeah. Eating a ton of pickles, a lot of pickles. Yes. <laughs> the, the pickle, the pickles are one of the, the, the workaround, so to say of a man trying to lose the weight. Yeah. It's you know, a zero calorie zero, snack, <laughs> zero calorie, you know, that, and if you eat, if you eat about three or four of them, they usually going to hold you over to the next morning. Yeah. So, but we can get into some more details about strategies like that yeah, later but, on another episode. But, but this this is just the start of it. I wanted to show you kind of who I was. And we're going to go next time into a, a probably the transitional period of my life where I started to transition from an unhealthy adult to a healthy adult. Yeah, we'll, um, we'll cut it off here. And uh, we will uh, hopefully see you next time on the next episode. And uh, yeah, this is... Uh, butter noodles confessions of a former fat man see you later <laughs>